following. It's kind of an interesting skit, wasn't it? Because the title of my message is following. Who are we following? What are we doing as we follow? Are we playing a game with this thing called following? As I uh, was growing up, I remember playing a few games that were kind of like we do with church. One of them was uh, Simon Says. Anybody remember how Simon Says goes? Simon Says, do this and you do it, right? Sometimes that's how we live our Christian life. Only we change the title of the message to Jesus Says. When we really don't believe what we're doing, we're just playing a game. My role in this area is, uh, is a little different than a lot of other pastors. Um, as you know, I've been called as the Director of Missions for Saline Baptist Association. And in that, I'm going to be asking churches like yours to follow. To follow. Not only to follow, but to but to help lead. But, you know, sometimes as I played, Simon says, you know, sometimes I just look for ways to get out. And we do that with Jesus says, don't we? Sometimes we get tired of playing the game because many times games tire us out. And we look for ways to get out of the game. But you know, when I stayed in the game, sometimes I became somewhat judgmental of people that were out of the game. And that was pretty hypocritical of me, wasn't it? Because there were many times I was out of the games, but it didn't really seem to bother me. But, but then when I was in the game, I criticized others for not playing. The game. Today I want us to remember that Jesus doesn't call us to play a game. But He calls us to follow. To follow. I, uh, last night I, I just went into this mode that I was a little apprehensive about coming and preach. Uh, I haven't actually preached in a couple of months, so you're going to help me bust the rust off. I, I made a joke on Facebook, and some of you have friended me and saw it, but I felt like a, a high school student going to a new, new school. And I'm looking down the hall saying, there are a few people that know me, but I don't know many of them. And so uh, I joked about on there that uh, I hope that the Dorisville Baptist Church will be kind as we start busting off the rust a little bit. But you know, Jesus doesn't call us to a game. He calls us into a relationship. And, he, and, he, and He's used many examples. And three of those I'd like 
just to, to remind you that he called us into relationships with. One of them is as a father and child. A father and child relationship. A second relationship that he has called us, uh, used as an example, is of the vine and the branch. We need to remember that the branch can't do without the vine. But I want to share something with you. The vine can do without the branch. It'll still go. But one of the, obviously one of the examples I already had in my notes and we've just seen it is that of the shepherd and the sheep. And I guess it could be somewhat of a bad illustration. But uh, uh, they did a better job of uh, being sheep than I am. But we need to remember that life is not just a game of Jesus says or time. Let's look, if you would. I hope you brought your Bibles with you. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. In there we see that Jesus... Uh, had just uh, had an encounter with a paralytic. And as he was going along his way, he encountered a gentleman by the name of Matthew, the, the namesake of the book. So if you look with me at Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, this is what the scripture says. And as Jesus passed from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew arose and followed him. And as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house of Matthew, so we need to remember that they arose from the tax booth. And went to Matthew's house. And as they were sitting there, behold, there were many tax collectors and sinners. I think that's an interesting group of people that are gathered. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, he came and, and they reclined there with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus' disciples, Why does your teacher... Eat with the tax collectors and sinners. But when Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But it's only those who are sick. Verse 13 is very interesting. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came to call, not to call the righteous, but to call the sinner. Of all the things that Jesus could have said, He could have said, this is a game of Jesus says, so Jesus says, follow me. But He didn't. Just like today, He looked at Matthew, doing what Matthew always has been doing. We need to remember that Jesus doesn't single us out and bring us to church most of the time to meet our needs. But Jesus met Matthew where he was normally at, his booth. 
And he said, come, follow me. No other request. There's not anything that indicates that Jesus had to beg Matthew to come and to follow him. But you know, in the following of Jesus, there were many people. Probably like this group assembled today. There were people that were following Jesus. That knew some of his ministry. Knew that he was special. Knew that that there was, there was somebody special coming and he might be it. Then there were a group of people that, as we call them, sitting on the fence. They wanted to believe, but they just hadn't been persuaded that he was really who he said he was. And there's this group of people that, honestly, as they were following him, they did not believe yet. Do you realize that Jesus not only had people believing in him, but people that didn't yet believe him, following him wherever he went? But there's another group. And these are the group of people that don't play, Jesus says. But they say, play, I say. And those are the religious leaders. And so they would always bump up against what Jesus was doing and as he would minister, they would come in behind him and say, now, remember, there's more of us than him. You need to do as we say, not what Jesus said. My question, and you'll find as you um, encounter me more and more, I ask a lot of questions. There are a few people that understand that. They know me a little better. And I do ask a lot of questions because, honestly, the only way you learn is asking questions. I'm not very good at school, but I always learned that if I wanted to find something out, I had to ask a question, especially if I was not sure what it was. And the question I'm going to ask you this morning is how closely are you following? Where do you find yourself in the following? The reason I say that is because I believe each of us were made to follow Him. I believe deep down inside, the Scriptures tell us that we were made in His image, not He made in our image. And with that image comes a desire to be with Him and who He is. And so, whether you want to face it or not, inside of you, there's a space that only Jesus can fill. And many times we try to stuff things in that space. People, places, things, or games. But how closely are you following Jesus? Or have you asked the question, where am I going? Where am I going as I follow this person called Jesus? And 
we need to remember that as Jesus was reclining, he was reclining in Matthew's house along with his disciples. And so his disciples had continued to play the game of following Jesus. Jesus said, we're going to go here, so we're going to go. We need to remember that many of the disciples did not believe yet. Actually, many disciples did not believe until two or three years into their journey with him. Even his close disciples. So we need to remember that as we think about the disciples. And of all the things for him to say to them was, Jesus says, we're going to go to Matthew's house. Um, the funny, the, the interesting scripture that we have here is that of Jesus describing, or Matthew describing, who was in his house. The only people that we know were in the house were other tax collectors and sinners. Now, that's an interesting parallel or comparison. Do you realize that sinners even did, didn't even put themselves in the same category as a tax collector? After all, who was the tax collector? The tax collector was a Jew normally that had been employed by the Roman government to collect taxes. And as they were collecting taxes, they normally wanted to make a little extra. And so the Roman government did not set a limit on what they could be charged. And so as a Jew encountered a tax collector, they would rather be seen in the presence of sinners than tax collectors because tax collectors had been traitors. They were Jews, historically Jews. And now they were jabbing Jews. I think it's interesting that Jesus was comfortable with both of these two groups. He was, he was comfortable with the tax collector. And he was also comfortable with the sinner. How do I know that? Because the scriptures tell us that Jesus and his disciples came in and reclined. They, they joined in with those that were there. Let's move on to verse 11. I, you'll find that I like to move verse by verse by verse. And so let's look at verse 11. It says, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples. Now you need to remember that the Pharisees were outside. The disciples were inside. The Pharisees were not going to come in. Why? Because they prayed on the street corner, Please, Lord, don't let me be like that sinner. So they were not going to be in their presence. And so at some point, you need to remember that the disciples probably went outside. Pharisee may have said, Come here and inhale many times when we're playing the game. It all it takes is somebody to do this. To take us outside of where we need to be with Jesus. 
And so the Pharisees had a discussion or a question for the disciples. And this is the question. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? The real question they were asking is, why did Jesus choose them and not us? How many times have we questioned Jesus about who he's reaching in our midst? God, why are you doing it there and not here? Why are you doing it in that person's life and not in mine? And then something really strange happened because they were not talking to Jesus. They didn't like to talk to Jesus because he, he, he kind of put them in their place. And so if this message is a little harsh to you, let me share something with you. Jesus wants us to follow him as close as we can. And if we're running away from him, then we're running into sin. And many times the, the lifestyle that we're living causes us to distance ourselves from Jesus. And the scriptures say in verse 12, if you look there, but when he, meaning Jesus, heard them, he said this, those who are well have no need of a physician, but it's the sick. The disciples I think the disciples really didn't have an answer because they didn't know. But apparently, Jesus hears all, doesn't he? Because he heard the question. They were outside. He was inside. But somehow Jesus heard this question as he can. And the question may need to be asked, who are the sick? Who are the sick? Jesus said, it's not the well that need a physician, but the sick. Who are the sick? And, and the answer is anybody who is, who is willing to look in the mirror of Jesus and say, I need something. Today... If you can say that, you're a prime candidate to follow Jesus in a closer way. Uh, listen to me, church member. If you're looking in the mirror of Jesus and you don't match up, you're a prime candidate to take a step forward, closer to Him, to follow Him in a more, more unique relationship. Think about Matthew, though, hearing this statement. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. Now, Jesus was reclining with Matthew and his friends and the sinners. Can you understand Matthew turning to one of the other tax collectors and say, Did I really hear what he said? I'm sick. And as they began to talk, they realized, 
in the presence of Jesus, in the mirror of Jesus, they saw that they were sick. They were the ones that Jesus came for. And I can imagine after they came to the realization, all the tax collectors got up and they started high-fiving each other. Yeah, we're sick. He came for us. He came for us. I think Matthew came to a huge understanding as he followed Jesus to his house. That Jesus came for him. I want to share something with you. This building called Dorsville represents who Jesus is. But Jesus actually lives in each of those that believe. And God has called many of you who are yet to believe to come and to and to hear about a message about following Jesus in a in a little different way. And right now, this morning, you're being challenged because you have a life outside of this building and a life in this building, some of us. And sometimes those lives don't match up. And I'm here to share with you that Jesus is is calling you to follow Him. What happened when Jesus told the Pharisees that he had come for the sick and not the well? I think Matthew probably in his life began to see a realization, but honestly, the Pharisees were only well in their mind, weren't they? In their concept of of God and religion, they were okay. Why? Because they were doing the God says game. Well, of course they were. They were keeping the law, weren't they? Or trying to keep the law. And so many of us have relegated our walk with Christ to checking off a list. Used to be our bulletins when I was growing up had a checklist on them. Anybody remember that? Anybody been Baptist long enough to remember that? And you checked it off and you what you were there. If you checked if you didn't check it and you were there, does that mean you weren't there? Um present, Bible read, Bible read daily, giving, staying for worship, and then it had some lines over here. And the real goal was to line the pins up on your jacket. Because every year that you didn't miss, they gave you a pin that said you attended every... I see some people shaking their head. My grandfather was one of those that had... I had a grandfather that was a Baptist deaconess. And he, he had a line of pins. But he also had a relationship.
as we finish up this morning, I want to remind you of what it takes to become a close follower of Jesus. First of all, it takes being a sinner. It takes a sinner. Now, I think I just spoke to everybody here. Right? So we're all candidates. Right? Okay. Being a sinner is a prerequisite for following. And the other thing I want to remind you is being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. After all, many of Jesus' closest circles truly did not believe in him. Remember, for two or three years, truly believe. So you can follow Jesus and not be a believer. And some of us have convinced ourselves that because we're following Jesus, we do believe. When we've never invited Jesus to be our personal Lord and Savior. We've just been following the crowd. Following the group. And I want to remind you that being called to follow is being called to to come into a relationship of some type with Jesus Christ. Being called to follow calls you into a relationship with Him. Listen, unbelievers have some sort of relationship with Jesus. Not a saving relationship, but a security relationship in that if I'm around Jesus and His people, I'll be okay. Listen to me. It's not okay just to be around believers and say, I'm okay, because the Bible tells us that each person has to decide for themselves who their Lord and their Savior is. Let me share with you an illustration of what I mean about being in a relationship. Um, My wife is here, and I love my wife. I don't love my wife because she follows a list that I have preset in my mind of who she needs to be. I love my wife because she's my wife. And I want to remind you that if you're trying to keep a list You're not in love. You're playing a game. You're playing a game in life. And following forces us to love where I am, not where I'm not. And so that reminds me that Jesus called us to to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ where we are, not where we're not. But where are we? You're going to hear this from me a lot. We are in Jerusalem. 
Listen. But we're also in Judea. I have a different... uh, I know tonight uh, Mark Emerson is going to come and he probably will describe Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts very different than I do. But this is my... This is my description. This is how I, I work. I think that our uh, Judea is our state and our nation. Okay? I broaden Judea out more than many people do because I believe there's a specific group of people that we don't love. And then, fourthly, it says we go to the where? To the other parts or the far regions of our life. And so we are actually in Jerusalem and Judea and the other parts of the earth. But there's another place that we are so very, very uncomfortable with going. And that's Samaria. Now who was Samaria to the Jews? Somebody, somebody, that, that's a question and I'll, I'll take a response. Who were the Samaritans to the Jews? Do I? They were the enemy. I want to share something with you. If you're a believer, you have no choice to whether you have to love your enemies. Because he's called us to Jerusalem, Judea. Seems hard to say, isn't it? Samaria. And to the other parts of our world. And as we wind up, I want to remind you that many, I've been in Baptist life for a long time. Um, I grew up in church. Like many of you. But it wasn't until I reached my late teens that I realized that this thing of Jesus was more than a game. We talked about needing to go to our Jerusalem and Judea. And those are easy to get to, aren't they? Our Samarias are pretty close to get to because normally they're pretty close to home. But the other parts of the earth are are difficult to get to. Now I'm going to share something with you. I'm not here as a, as a spokesman for our United States government. But I'm holding in my hands a thing that says passport to the United States. And if he's called us, well, that's, that's a picture long ago, isn't it, Libby? You guys probably wouldn't recognize it if you looked at it. But I'm going to share with you something. If you have not gotten a passport, then you can't follow Jesus wherever He wants you to go. Why? Because you can't go where He wants you sometimes without this document to leave our country and to go someplace else. And so, as we travel this life, I ask David to come on up. As we travel this life,
Are we truly being the believer that he wants us to believe? Be. When I was growing up, we sang a song. We sang, we sang a song that said this. Wherever he leads, I go. Why is this question? Are you ready to go wherever he asks you to follow him? It may be that he is calling you right now to go to your Jerusalem. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never gone and shared your faith with somebody. He's calling you, believer. He's calling you. I ask you, God, to call 
brothers and sisters that you created in your image to follow in some way or another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.